This radio program is PG-13. Parents strongly caution some material may be inappropriate for children under the age of 13. Send me Jesus' mission was to comfort those who mourn, bind up the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to captives, and open prison doors for those who are bound. For those who want more than status quo Christianity has to offer, Blazing Grace Radio begins now. And here is your host, Mike Janung. Hey, Mike Janung here, and welcome back to Blazing Grace Radio. Glad to have you along, coming to you from the valley in the sun and getting our triple-digit temperatures back. And last week, I talked about our trip to Las Vegas and the experience there with KKVV, uh, the radio station there in Vegas, and Alyssa Plummer and how she shared some of her story. And, and I talked about how today she's going to be joining us to to share her story again so that you, our listeners, can hear her. So welcome to the show, Alyssa. Thank you for having me. So I just want to invite you to get started and um, go ahead and share your story. Okay. Um, when I was a little kid, I was um, I was about four when my my dad died. Uh, and my stepdad died. They both died of uh, one of a overdose and the other one of um, uh, drinking and driving. And um, about four years after that, when I turned eight, I started doing drugs. Um, and by the time I turned 10, I had uh, been so corrupted. Um, and uh, this gentleman, uh, a friend of my, uh, a friend's father, molested me in his shed. He um, brought me in there, and he did what he wanted to do. And by the time... Um, I think it, so. I think it was eight when that happened, but it was when I was ten. I had to go on the stand and point him out and say that he uh, molested me and he went to prison for a really long time. And it was after that I was already on drugs. I was already um, very lost and had no idea that sex or drugs were even a bad thing. And uh, when I turned. 13, I ended up having these, a man and a woman, they would have sex uh, in front of me and we would watch porn and um, I ended up having uh, such a huge addiction with uh, with porn and uh, it went on for years and um, it was, so when I turned 13, after, um, after I, uh, Came out, I ended up shooting myself in the leg. That's a long story, but um, I went to Caliente Youth Center um, after that because the guns that we had were stolen. And, of course, I was with grown men, and they were trying to have sex with me. And uh, they gave me a gun, and they, they we were uh, shooting targets, and I ended up shooting myself in the leg. And I almost uh, almost um, had lost my leg. It, it took me a long time, a couple years, to learn how to walk again. And um, when I went to Caliente Youth Center, that was the first time that I ever 
learned that drugs were bad and that um, who God was. And um, then I came out of there, and um, I, I then, you know, just started, I wasn't doing drugs anymore, and not until I turned about 13, so it didn't last for very long. Uh, I'm sorry, until I was 19. And then when I turned 19, I hurt my back, and um, after that, I started taking painkillers, and um, and then all of a sudden, all the other addictions came back, the um the pills, the um, cigarettes and weed and all the other stuff that comes with it, and then, of course, the addiction to porn. Um, It was so bad. I couldn't, like, I I was just running in my room to go watch it, and I was always locking myself away. I didn't want anybody to see me, and I was so ashamed of myself, and I didn't realize that that it was even a problem. I I didn't realize that that sex was even bad because everybody around me was having sex. In schools, it was it was uh, the thing to do, um, and it it was uh, it was really different for me to growing up. And it wasn't that I didn't love God; I've always loved Jesus, um, but I always put him in a box on the shelf and kind of just uh, <laughs> just did what I wanted to do, you know. And um, now that I'm older, and God has really just worked uh, miracles in my life, I'm seeing that. This is something that it is happening, and it's 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 not just happening for adults. It's happening for children as young as eight years old. I mean, I was so young when this guy molested me, and at that point, like my whole mind and thought process changed. Like I had no idea what sex even was until this man brought me into the shed. Um, but then after that, it was like it was there it didn't go away you know and nobody wanted to talk to me about it it was just uh this thing that happened and and uh i was just gonna have to deal with it on my own and um and then after that like my mom my mom's boyfriend had molested me as well and so that became a it was my fault so then i was more of a the the black sheep of the family that if I continued to say anything, then I was horrible. And so I kept it in. And so this, this thing, this thing inside of me just kept growing and growing into, um, into what it became. And I think it's, uh, it's not something that we should continue to keep pretending isn't there. Mm. So, um, when I, uh, when I got, to about 29, I had been so addicted to pills that I was taking about 30 pills a day. I was spending about $1,200 a month. Um, my boyfriend at the time, like he or myself could not, we could not have sex without porn being a, a part of the, uh, a part of it. Um, and he was not satisfied unless it was on. And so um, I wanted to make sure he was satisfied so that it it didn't matter to me. And plus, I had my own addiction to it. So it was I was more than happy to uh, oblige. And um, by by the time I was 33, he overdosed and died in front of my son. And this was when I just I just had to stop. If I if I didn't stop, I knew that I was going to die, too. And so I put down the drugs, and then it was just a whole nother thing. Like, I could feel the pain now. Like, I, I was masking it for so long. 
Um, the pain was shooting down my legs, and it was constant, and I just cried out to God, and um, He healed me. He healed me of my pain, and um, now I had to deal with my addiction. So now I had a, a, a something else to deal with because I had no excuse to take the painkillers or to do the other drugs, and it was to the point to where I would I would do about $1,200. I would get 120 from the doctor, uh, pills, and then I would spend about $1,200, and that would only last me for about two weeks because pills are pretty expensive. They're like 20 to $30 a p- per, per pill because of the pills I was taking and um, and actually smoking them, and you would uh, run out of them so fast, but by the end of the last week of the month, you are going through withdrawals, uh, you would end up uh, going to other drugs. So I kind of was a user of everything, just as long as it didn't have to feel the pain that I was in. But now when God healed me, I didn't have an excuse, but I still had my addiction. He did not heal me from my addiction. So now I had to fight it. And, and it took me about a year, and I finally did. I fought it. I got I got through all of it. I, I got through um, cigarettes. I got through uh, pills. And I got through my porn addiction, my sex addiction. I have been free from all addiction, including coffee. I drink <laughs> coffee now. But I drink it. Uh, I drink decaf coffee, um, and I, I don't drink soda anymore. I, I I do drink. I drink prebiotic soda, and it's like got two grams of sugar in it. You know, so um, the Lord has really brought me <laughs> a long way. And I even um, got over my addiction to the TV. I spent a lot of my time in front of the TV and on my phone. Addiction to Facebook and. Uh, um, so I do have Facebook, but now I only use it for the glory of God. I, I, I put, like, the videos of your show and all the other shows here at KKBV on there and um, my show. Uh, and then I, I don't really do much else on there. You know, I don't sit there. Like, you can sit there and end up just scrolling through it for four or five hours, and it's crazy. And what, one thing that I'm noticing on there is, boom, all of a sudden there's a naked broad on my phone on Facebook, and I'm just like... I'm, I just delete those ones and I move on. Before, it wasn't like that. It was just I see stuff like that and, and my eyes are drawn to it. My my whole, uh, my want and desire was to, to, okay, so what else can I find? You know what I mean? And so it is not just a, a man thing. It's a woman thing, too. Um, and it's not just people who just decided one day to wake up and have an addiction to porn or an addiction to sex, it's it's something happened that's going on in their life or happened when they were a child um, that has drawn them to this. And um, it's not something we should continue to keep tucking away and pretending that it's not real. There's too many people out there that are hurting. There's too many people out there that that are calling out but or want to call out, and they just don't know how. And so I think if more people were to step up and, and admit that they have this problem, um, it, it might help even that, that kid that, that has no idea that this is an issue. Mm-hmm. Amen. I agree 100%. So how did you, I mean, as I know from personal experience, being molested is like rape of the soul. And right. how did you heal from that? To be honest, it it didn't. I didn't really ever truly, completely heal from it. I just moved on, like because. So when my mom's boyfriend molested me, 
um, it was my fault. Um, I was told that I was flaunting myself. I was told that um, this is what happens when you dress a certain way. And here's the thing. Like, I wasn't told how to dress properly. I wasn't told this isn't okay. I wasn't told that I shouldn't flaunt myself. And after I was molested by the first guy, um, then I just, you know, I didn't, I needed that attention. You know what I'm saying? So, um, this was the way that I got the attention was to wear the, the skanky clothes and, the um, and flaunt myself around men. And, and, um, go, me being older, I'm looking back at the adults that were in my life and, uh, I see that they weren't really helping me. They weren't really, you know, guiding me towards what I needed. And I'm, and, and here's the thing. It doesn't, just discriminate against people who uh, are poor or who um, are on drugs. It, people can be molested in all walks of life. It happens all over the place. We hear it all the time. And so if this is something that happens to your child, your grandchild, or something like that, we can't just pretend it doesn't happen because now they have been introduced to sex. So um, they are no longer, uh, it's like they ate that forbidden apple. Now they know the difference between right and wrong. And now they know what sex is, and now they're very curious. They have um, a want and a desire. And he, when, you're, when you're young, it's, it's not like it doesn't feel good, you know what I'm saying? So now I, I, I've been molested, and I'm confused. I, I don't understand what's going on around me. I see all these adults. I see... Uh, everybody having sex. I see everybody wanting to have sex and, and doing these things. And so me as a child, I'm like, well, I guess I can do this because, you know, it's all around me and I think it's okay. So um, I think that if, somebody, if the child is getting molested, then we need to have some kind of a counseling. We need to have uh, some kind of help for them, not just pretend it didn't happen or blame them. One thing I can tell you is it hurt me more to be told that I was a liar mm. than it did for me to be molested. Mm. Yeah, because then it becomes all your fault. And how do you live that down? Right. How does a kid come to grips with living that down? Right, right. right. And you know what I did? I ran away. And so I ran away and ended up living with a prostitute who was 14 and I wasn't going to do that. I didn't, I, I wasn't prostituting myself. But when I turned, when I was, I was about 10 or 11, this Hawaiian guy put me in a window and pointed at TV and said, go get that. And I handed it to him and then he left me in this house. So now I had a different kind of addiction. So I did rob houses when I was little. And so, I mean, leaving our kids to, to figure it out on their own is just opening that door to all these different things. And I was just kind of left to the wolves. And to be totally honest, if you look at my brothers and sisters, my sister, Wendy, is a heroin-slash-meth addict. She's living in the streets. She's been out there for about 12 years. Um, my other sister is uh, is also a heroin addict, and my brother is a meth addict. So uh, I was the only one that was able to um, hear the call of the Lord, mm. and I pray for them. You know, I, I, I'm praying for them always, but, I mean... I, I'm surprised I'm not a statistic, and I was able to get out of that, but that's really how it works. So, And also, like, if you're on drugs and you have kids, then you, you have to come to terms that parents who do drugs have kids that do drugs. Mm-hmm. Parents who have porn addiction have kids who have porn addiction. You know, they, it's, it's like all 
in one nice little package. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Well, what I love about you being bold and sharing your story is we don't hear much about pornography in the church as it is, but usually this is, even in the context when we do hear it, it's just a man's problem, and that's not the truth, not by a long shot. No, not at all. Not at all. I think that um, women are afraid of what everybody is going to think, and let me tell you, I, I have a show called The Time for Testimony, and that's because I share my testimony as much as I can because I'm so proud that I have been able to overcome all of this and be able to be bold enough to come out and say something because I know that my story is going to help somebody. I know that my story is going to help that child, that woman, that man come out of the closet from whatever pain they're feeling and whatever addiction that they're going through because I've I've dealt with all addictions and and I've been able to overcome them all through the grace of God and through his mercy. He he just called me out and here's the thing I was so high when he healed me. Mm. I was so in the middle of my addiction when he pulled me out of it. He didn't just pretend, oh, he didn't wait for me to get over my addiction before he healed me. He he let me know that he loves me even in the midst of my sin. He still let me know that he cared about me and he pulled me out of it and did not let go. You know, and that was off September 27th of 2018 was the last time I put a pipe in my mouth. And here it is, you know, May the 5th of 2022, and I'm running a Christian radio station with absolutely no, I, I did not go to school for this. I did not, you know, get, I got, what well, I think it was like two weeks of training to be a producer and editing before Ed passed away. And which is was the old manager here. So on that and note, I ended up with all of it. Tell mm-hmm. us the story of how you came to be a station radio manager right there in the middle of the sexual hotbed in Las Vegas. Right. So I, um, after I was healed, it took me about a year. I, I, I ended up breaking my ribs on a, my son's toy chest, and um, I just fell on it. Um, I was high. I was super high. I, I, I was all busy and stuff, and I fell on the toy chest, and, and my rib punctured my lung, and I ended up in the ICU. And that was when I kept hearing the Holy Spirit telling me that I was going to stop doing drugs. I was going to stop smoking cigarettes. And, I, and I'm fighting it, you know. I, and it was a couple of uh, weeks after that I, that I finally said, I'm not doing this anymore, and I put it down, and I did not go back. And I spent a whole year in the Word. I, I I tore down my closet and I put I made a prayer closet and I spent every single day waking up at five o'clock in the morning and I spent an hour with the Lord and I still do that but now the difference is is now I do it at nighttime too so I do it when I wake up in the morning and I do it at, before I go to sleep and I just I, I indulge myself in that that time I have with Him I have to have it so now I switch my addiction over to the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> I spend my 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 uh my time my my thoughts my my feelings all towards him and so after that year I started praying that the Lord would lead me and guide me to a job that would glorify him and um I had this lady in the church I kept seeing her face 
And I, I, I went to her and I was like, do you have a, uh, any job openings? I keep praying uh, for a job in, in, in the Lord and I keep seeing your face. And she goes, I don't have no job for you. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. And about a month later, she comes back and she goes, I have a job for you. I was like, yay. And it was the front desk girl here at the radio station. I was making $10 an hour, working 30 hours a week. It wasn't even like 25 to 30 hours a week, making very little money. And um, and I and I was still able to make ends meet, and I worked here for about a year, and uh, yeah, a year and a half. And about six months after I got here, I started doing the, the Time for Testimony show. And um, here back in July, I got sick with COVID. And um, I was the first one to get sick, and then everybody else got sick. And, um, and Mr. Ed Knudsen, our manager here, he passed away. And um, it was too hard for the people that had been here before me to uh, continue working here. And for like a whole year, he kept on joking and telling me, you're going to be running this place. You need to learn how to do it. And I kept on telling, oh, shut up, you know, whatever. (laughs) And he's all like, no, really, you're going to be running this place. And I'm like, okay. And about two weeks before he passed away, he said he was going to go on vacation, and he taught me how to do it. He he gave me just a rough a rough rundown so he can go on a vacation without um, you know, so that we could run this station without him. He went on his vacation, and in a couple of days after he got back is when everybody got sick, and then when he passed away. So I basically got two weeks of a. a a crash course of how to run a radio station. It wasn't even to run the radio station. It was just to learn how to edit and to produce a show. And then after he died, there was a bunch of equipment here that I never touched. And I just, uh, the Lord's just been leading me. And um, they made me the the general manager here. So um, I've been running it since July. And I've been making a lot of changes here. And I think it's all for the better. Like I'm working on uh, we're working on the website. Um, thanks to you, I do have help with that, and I thank you for that, Mr. Janang. Mm-hmm. And um, and then, of course, we're trying to get an app going so that we can get more people involved. We need people to start um, paying attention to the Word because we are in the end times. And Amen. We need to discern the times, and we need to start spending that time. We need to, we need to study to show ourselves approved to the Lord. And people are always like, well, how do you get blessed so many times? How come the Lord answers your prayers all the time? And I'm like, you just got to spend time with Him. He wants to give you the desires of your heart, but you have to delight yourself in Him in order for that to happen. So, um, And it's funny, because, I mean, I didn't go to school for any of this. I didn't go to school for uh, to run a radio station or to even learn what to do here. I didn't go to school to be a pastor, but I'm I'm I'm... I guess I'm pastoring on the radio station, and I know I'm learning the word. And trust me, I'm but a worm. I I I am no better than anybody else. And I I just pray that people are listening, that they they know that they too can come to the Lord with their pain and their suffering, the things that has happened to them, and and feel the the freedom um, that the Lord has given to me mm. um, to let go of the pain and not to 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 dwell in it and to mask it with all the drugs and the, and the different ways of addiction, because um, there's so many. What strikes me, Alyssa, is um, you mentioned not having education, but your education to me was, I mean, you were brought right up to the gates of hell with everything you went through, and now right. you're running basically a ministry right smack in the middle of right next to the the gates of hell in Las Vegas, in a manner of speaking. 
Right. So I just you see, know what's funny? He trained you it, to be a warrior for this purpose. Right. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. <laughs> <laughs> so we have 30 seconds left. Whatever okay. you want to say to our listeners. Well, I was just going to say, there was two people sleeping right outside of my doors this morning at the KKVV, and one of them is a stripper. <laughs> and uh, she's homeless, and the, I was able to minister them and give them my testimony, and wow. you could do the same thing. There's so many people out there that you can give your testimony to, and give it over to the Lord. Mm-hmm. He wants you. He wants you. He's calling to you. Well, thank you for joining us. Thank you, Alyssa. I love your story, and I love your heart for God, and we'll talk to you next time. Thank you. Do you want to be free? Blazing Grace is a nonprofit international ministry for the sexually broken and the spouse. Please visit us at blazinggrace.org for information on Mike Janung's books, groups, counseling, or to have Mike speak at your organization. You can email us at email at blazinggrace.org or call our office in Chandler, Arizona at 719-888-5144. Again, visit us at blazinggrace.org. Email us at email at blazinggrace.org or call the office at 719-888-5144.